Hi, this is Rick Hansen, and this is Amazing Greats. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, today, we have an opportunity to talk to a guy who was a pastor turned podcaster, and even today, his podcasts are pastoring. <laughs> He's got a daily podcast called The Morning Mindset and does a whole lot more in the podcast world, and you're going to find out all about that and all about him right now on Amazing Greats. Today, I have a great opportunity to talk to a guy who has not only had a great faith journey, but has been um, actively in podcasting in general. And let me give you a little rundown, a little resume information on Kerry Green. So Kerry uh, was a former pastor. He's, he was a, he's a worship leader, a, a head pastor at different churches along the way. But um, then after 23 years as a, a head of a church, uh, you kind of switched gears and became a podcast pundit, as it were, from pastor to podcast pundit. And that's where you are today. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, you have a, you've launched this uh, business called Podcast Fast Tracks. Uh, you're the host of a podcastification <laughs> podcast. <laughs> is that still up and running? Yeah. No, not so much, but it's, it was a lot of fun while I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you got a blog and, and you have a podcast course I ran across called How to Podcast Step-by-Step. Step. And I know you because I found your daily podcast called The Morning Mindset and loved it. And I'm a, a, a daily fan. Uh, and that podcast itself is pretty amazing because you get like somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 downloads a day. Uh, I saw somewhere 48 million downloads altogether. And uh, you're in 180 countries around the world. So it's a big deal. It's nice. good. It's blowing me away what's happening with that. It's it's been such a blessing, yeah. So let's start first with your your um, your faith journey because I was like uh, everybody's got their their own interesting story, but I know you were born Christian, right? You came uh, into a Christian family. Well, I came into a what I call a partially Christian family. My mom was a believer, had me in the church nursery the the day after I was born practically, and my dad did not attend church, was not a believer. Oh. And so I was raised in the church, went to Sunday school, all that sort of stuff, and had the opportunity to place my faith in Christ when I was five years old. Uh, I still have, have <laughs> a fuzzy memory of being at the old Baptist church on a Sunday evening service, and they had the old wooden altars down in the front. And I know I had gone down before to pray about who knows what, the dog, the, the friend at school, whatever. And this particular Sunday, I, I went down and my mom would always come down and pray with me and see what was going on. And that Sunday I wanted to accept Christ as my savior. And so my mom was able to lead me to faith in Christ right there at that old altar. Wow. 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 Very early on in your career. Yeah. So for sure. Uh, how was that? Was it a challenge to have a, a, a mom, a faithful mom and a non-believer dad? How did, how did you negotiate that? Well, you know, being a, a young man, a young boy, um, that was confusing to me why mom thought it was so important and dad didn't. And he passed away about three years ago at 95. And so he was in that generation that had a hard time talking about deep subjects and, and their emotion and how they felt about things. So over the years, especially as I became an adult, I was able to talk with my dad about his faith and whether he had any at all. And it was always a hard conversation. I never really got any satisfactory answers from him that, that convinced me he knew Christ as, as his own personal savior. And so as a little boy growing up, I was just kind of confused about that. I, I loved church. I enjoyed going, so it didn't deter me, but I, 
you know, I had some siblings who had other experiences with that because of dad's lack of consistency. Interesting. Yeah. I came from the same kind of household. My mom was a Catholic and my dad was basically stayed home on Sunday mm -hmm. morning. So kind of familiar with that story. And you do kind of wonder as a kid, what's, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? Yeah. With this? Uh, so you then somewhere along the line after the year of, after five years old, you must've found, you know, more of an adult or uh personal relationship with Jesus somewhere. How did that happen specifically and when? Yeah, well, when I was in high school, I had a teacher who was uh, the, the band instructor, actually. Uh, I was in the band, played in the drum section, and uh, he was a strong Christian. And he uh, started an organization in our little school, as far as I know, it's the only one that ever existed, called Fellowship of Christian Musicians. And he started inviting people to come. And we had 30, 40 kids who would come every week for a little Bible study and stuff like that. And, and that's really where my faith began to grow. Uh, I really just fell in love with the Lord and with the concept of of being faithful for a lifetime. And and I realized in that point as well that, you know, everything I'd grown up with in the church, hearing all the time, it, it was kind of just handed to me rather than owned by me. And yeah. so it was at that point in high school, I really kind of remember having the talk with myself that if this is real, I I need to find out why it's real. I need to know why I believe and, and and if it's not, I'm gonna just pitch it. And so, you know, in that process of discovery, I I found it to be so real. Where along the line did you get called to ministry to to becoming a church pastor? How did how did that happen? Were you called? I mean, was there a a physical sign from God that you you needed to go that direction? Well, I was in my first year of college, and I had been attending a school in Texas where I grew up called West Texas State University. It's now West Texas State A&M. Uh, it's one of the only situations I've ever heard of where one college bought another college, but that's exactly what happened. And, and so while I was there, I had a friend from church camp days when I was in high school who worked at Colorado Christian University, and she kept sending me information about school. And so I finally decided to go up for a campus day, and I checked out the programs that were going on. And the first Bible class that I ever sat in on just captivated me. And I just decided, man, I'm going to switch schools. I'm going to come up here and learn ministry. And I got into youth ministry at first. And then within three or four years, realized I had more of a heart for, for ministering to adults and being involved in adult ministry. And it just kind of went step by step from there, associate pastor, then a teaching pastor, and then you know up, up the ladder it went, so to speak. And then uh, did you bounce around uh, to different churches in different parts of the country during that period of time? Yeah, during the the twenty three ish years that I was a pastor, uh, I was a an associate pastor in Colorado. I was a lead pastor in Hawaii. I was oh, a uh, tough duty there. Yeah, I did church planting in Colorado again. Uh, again, a, a lead pastor in Reno, Nevada, and then back to Colorado. We just kept coming back to Colorado. It's kind of a cool place, and so uh, that's where I was when I retired from the ministry. In Colorado, so it's, it's my background's radio, and mm -hmm. so it's your, your career kind of sounds like a radio guy's career, where they bounce where the jobs are, where the need is, and they see the countryside by virtue of their career. So you had a lot of that going on too. So yeah. then, so you're so you're in the ministry for 23 years. Uh, it's kind of unusual that you decided somewhere, and I, I'm guessing I'm wondering why or how you got called away from that and decided to leave the, the, the daily ministry of, of your faith. 
Yeah, well, that's really an interesting story. And it's kind of come full circle, which I can get to in a moment. But uh, my wife and I had spent all that time, those 23 years in all these different churches, uh, never really being at one church long enough to get what they refer to as a sabbatical, get the opportunity to just take a break from ministry. And as a result, the cumulative effect of just working and working and working and working, we, we just really got kind of burned out and felt like the calling to ministry was, was just gone. Like we, we just didn't have a heart to do this anymore. We still loved the church. We still loved our fellow believers, but we just didn't see ourselves maintaining that role anymore as a, as a pastor. And so I resigned and let the elders at our church know that I was going to be resigning and we got everything in order for about three months and then stepped out, not really knowing what I was going to do. And I had a lot of different uh, experiences trying to figure that out. And finally, just had to build my own business from scratch because we lived in a mountain town in Colorado that we just loved and I didn't want to move. And there were no jobs there that could support my family at the time. So, so we just started working on a podcast production business, which is the one you refer to, Podcast Fast Track. This is Amazing Greats with our guest, Carrie Green, pastor turned podcaster. So uh, in Morning Mindset, um, the whole concept of Morning Mindset is putting yourself um, in, in, uh, in God's will uh, early on in the day. So my, my, my last kind of faith question, uh, at least for this moment, is what's, what does your morning look like? Yeah. Well, for me, I'm usually up at 4 a.m. That was a, a practice I developed in college just because in my crazy school, it was the only time I could get peace and quiet to study. And so I, I still get up at 4 a.m. every morning and I uh, get out my Bible and I get out my, my little keypad and my tablet. And right now I am uh, in the process of studying through the Bible in two years. And uh, it's a more relaxed pace, has room for days to be missed, things like that, so that I don't I don't get burned out on it. And at that slower pace, I'm just really enjoying digesting the scripture at a at a I don't know a consumable rate, I guess I would say, and and enjoying it a lot. And then within that too is a time for prayer. And, and I'm a guy who I stay focused and I think better when I type or when I write. So I basically write out my prayers uh, every day when I'm doing that. And and recently the Lord's pulled me into prayer a lot more. So I'm doing that a lot more than I ever have in my life. And as a result, you know, it's just it's just a wealth of of rich experience with the Lord that I'm I'm really enjoying. Fantastic. So um with the uh morning mindset and and the other podcast work you do, did did the morning mindset come first or did your podcast fast track come first? Yeah, well, actually neither of those came first. I had a podcast called Christian Home and Family that I started oh. back when I was still a pastor. And it was that experience that just made me fall in love with podcasting. And moving on from there, I realized that people who do podcasts need someone a lot of times to come along and do all the grunt work is what I call it, the editing, the show notes creation, the posting to the different platforms and websites and all of that stuff. So I, I decided when it was time to start a business, that's what I wanted to focus on and see if we could build a service-based business out of that. And, and you so, can do it at home. So you Yeah, are- definitely. Yeah, yeah, our team our team today is 11 people and it's been remote since day one. So we we have a team in place that's that's just a, a phenomenal group of people. And so to answer your question, you know, neither of those came first, but the business did come before the Morning Mindset podcast, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, 
a podcast fast track um, is basically, you kind of described it a bit there, but the idea is that um, somebody has an, a podcast that they are proud of and want to you know, want, want to make better and, but it's, it's hard work and mm -hmm. it requires a lot of things that maybe they don't have skills at. Maybe they have skills at the podcast itself, but surrounding that with the marketing and all of those kinds of things. So that's, that's kind of where you come in is you are the support vehicle for a person who's doing a podcast. Is that right? Yeah. You, you've described it perfectly, Rick. I think the ideal client that we, we find we're able to serve the best is someone who either because of their expertise or because of their time should not be editing podcasts and they, they just, that's a waste of time for them, but it still needs to be done. And so we give them back their time by producing all the goods that they need to make that show run without them having to do anything except have good conversations like we're having right now. So you're a podcast in my, my, in my terms, you're kind of the podcast guru. So I want to kind of get, <laughs> I want to get your feelings on, um, cause I, I think, Assuming that some of our audience, not everybody, but some might be actually considering the idea, uh, what makes, what are the characteristics that make a great podcast? Yeah, well, first of all, I would say you have to have a great concept uh, that doesn't necessarily mean your subject matter. It means the way you're going to format your show so that it can stand out. Um, there's a lot of interview shows. There's a lot of good interview shows, but because there's a lot of interview shows, it's hard to stand out in that. So if you can have some unique spin to your show or some unique uh, way of approaching a topic that makes for a much more engaging show that's curi curiosity provoking for people. And so they, they hear the spin and they go, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd like to check that out. I think on top of that, you've got to be engaging as a host. You got to be able to answer and ask good questions. Um, you've, you've also got to be able to uh, you know, approach subject matters in a way that isn't typical. Uh, not asking the same questions that everybody else does, not uh, conducting your interviews in the same way, you know, letting your personality shine through is a lot of it because the people who listen to you are going to tend to see the world the same way you do. And so if you can just be natural in who you are, it really draws the people who are your ideal audience. And then I guess the last thing I would say is quality content. I mean, your content has got to be helpful. If it's not helpful or entertaining or enriching to someone's life in some way, they're going to shut it off. Absolutely. That's, that's so critical. And what about consistency? Is that uh, an important part of it as well? Well, I think especially as you begin to build an audience, consistency is vital because your audience becomes accustomed to how often your episodes come out. And if, if you're missing here and there and, you know, say you've got a three month spell where you don't publish anything, well, a lot of people are just going to remove your podcast from their app because it's cluttering up their, their screen space. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting out good content. Now, if it came to a choice between producing good content less often and producing bad content every week, I'd rather you do the good content less often. We don't need more noise in the world. So when you coach uh, a podcast client, uh, do you, um, give them those kinds of, um, input, the, the content input, the, the delivery input, the technological input, is that a part of what you do as well as doing the, what you call the grunt work? Yeah. Well, that is one of the services we can offer. Uh, I've been podcasting myself since 2013 is when I began my first podcast and in working in the business, I've served over a hundred different clients and seen different ways of doing it. 
And so I have a lot of experience to draw from and, and kind of consulting is what you're describing. And so, yes, we'll help with technical questions. We'll help with the setup of the show. We'll help with brainstorming format for the episodes and, and what would uh, actually reach the audience that they're intending to reach. All of that kind of stuff is, is stuff we can offer on an as-needed basis. And then as a client is working with us, we, we love to have uh, little spot checks where we, we take a season of four or, four or five weeks to listen to their podcast, make notes, come back to them with recommendations, how they can improve, what they can do to, to draw in more listeners, just all kinds of things like that, just depending on the need. And how do you find clients? How do you find podcasters who need the help? Yeah, that's a great question, Rick. We, we mostly depend on word of mouth and referrals. Uh, most of our clients have been with us for three years or more. So we've got a, a stable of clients who are very happy with what we do. And they quite often are sending referrals our way of people who ask them, well, how did you start your podcast? Well, hey, you got to talk to these guys. You know, that's how it happens most of the time. Uh, I also am very active on LinkedIn. I try to post regularly on LinkedIn, just helpful content about podcasting for those who are interested. And from that, I, I tend to generate some leads that turn into clients from, from time to time. How's pricing work? So do you have, if you do certain thing, certain elements of their podcast, it is X number of dollars or is it by the hour or how's it work? We've got different uh, pricing on the different elements of what they might want. For example, uh, we'll put a package together that fits the client. So if they need only audio editing, we have two ways of going about that. We can have a human being go through their audio second by second, word by word, and edit it for the content that they want edited out of that audio. Then we can mix it all together, level everything, make it you know performant or a uh, publication ready, and then deliver it wherever they want it delivered on their their media host account, uh, to their website, to the Dropbox, whatever they want. We have another service that we've just begun actually that's AI generated. And so the editing is done by machine. Uh, believe it or not, technology can do that these days. And then someone on our team comes behind and proofs it, makes sure that it's it's adequate. And it's a it's a much simpler format. And and for the previous one, we set up monthly subscriptions where we're we're charging the same amount every month for a certain number of episodes that the client wants to do. In the in the one I just mentioned about the AI generated uh, edit, that's a on demand pay-as-you-go sort of a service. So someone could come to the website, submit their information, and we get to work right away and have that back to them with three to, within three to five days. This is amazing. Greats with Rick Hansen. And our guest today had an altar call at the age of five. Yeah, go figure. Here's his story on Amazing Greats. So that's weird and amazing. That, <laughs> it is weird and amazing. That AI has even jumped into the, uh, into the podcasting business because you'd think that would be maybe protected from AI, but all of the information is available. And so is the voice work itself uh, being provided by artificial intelligence? Well, that's, that's possible. It's very, very expensive right now, though, to do that in a way that it's not obviously a, a, a synthetic voice. Um, there are more and more human sounding voices all the time that basically sample real voices and then reproduce language according to a script um, but the inflection's weird uh, the the volume either either doesn't fluctuate at all or it fluctuates too much it, but it's getting better all the time what i was referring to was just the editing process itself you know the, the clients would provide us the audio 
And then the editing would be done by AI, which, which basically pulls a transcript, looks for certain words that it knows are filler words, or it knows are, are stutters or things like that. And you can even designate which of those you want removed and which you don't. And the AI will just do it all for you based on that transcript. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what, that was my, yeah, one of my questions for sure was it, where, where is AI going? Do you think one day there'll be voice over AI podcasts? Well, I know there are some people who have done it uh, just as an experiment to see if it's possible. And it is possible, but like I said, it's very expensive right now. Um, only big brands could afford to do it. And if they're going to pay that much money, they might as well pay for a real person to do it because it's it's a little more authentic feeling at this point. Uh, yeah. Will we ever get to the point that we don't need companies like mine? Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, you're still going to have that time issue. Does the client want to put it in the AI themselves and babysit it and make sure it does it right and all of that? You know, Somebody's going to still have to push the buttons eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned, and it's so true, is that the good news is that there are now opportunities for any old schmo to uh, find an audience and provide content to a, a, an audience worldwide, which, you yeah. know, you don't need a radio transmitter. You don't need all it's it's available to everyone. That's the good news. The bad news is it's available to everyone. And <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So you have people who are maybe not even qualified or put out schlocky stuff or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. uh and then how do you make I guess this is my question. Is there a, and, and I know I think I know what your answer is going to be, but is there a magic bullet some way to kind of cut through all of that? I guess what you you already mentioned one thing which is uh, a very specific target audience and topic. So that's important. Uh anything else that um we podcasters might uh, glum from this conversation. Yeah, well, I think if you're looking to stand out within your niche, whatever that niche is, uh, some of the ways I've seen that that make the most is is you know go to any podcast directory, whether that's Spotify or Apple or wherever you go, and search for the keywords having to do with your niche. So in yours, you might say faith or interviews about faith or things like that, and see what all comes up. And the first step I always advise people to do is is look at all the artwork which ones pop and which ones are just, bleh, you know, that because the ones that pop are the ones that are going to get your attention and are going to intrigue you to look at what's there. Now, once you've done that, look at those pieces of artwork that you like and say, what could I do with my artwork? That's different. Maybe a different color, maybe a different appearance to the font, maybe something more edgy, you know, just depending on what your topics are, you have to, you have to fit your topics, but, you want to be able to stand out. And that begins visually because that's how people find podcasts typically. Um, secondly, uh, you want to uh, produce your podcast with good quality audio, with uh, you know your ducks all in a row in terms of your content. You're not just spitballing it. You've got you know an outline you're following so that it makes sense because anybody can get behind a mic and just ramble and anybody can do it with bad quality. Uh, but if you take the time to make it better quality, you, you're upping your chances of your your listeners actually liking what they hear which is is vital yeah so let's talk about the morning mindset so that's how i first found you um and i was kind of looking at podcasts faith-based and i was looking for kind of a devotional uh the morning mindset is a very um quick 
six minutes typically every day. Yeah. Uh, it is a very uh, biblically structured. I mean, it's all about you take a Bible verse. And then the part that I love about it, and I think that is the most appealing, is the fact that you bring context to the Bible verse and kind of tell the story about what the story is about. And for people, maybe people who are new to faith or not, uh, now get a kind of a personal view of what that scripture verse really was all about. I think you're in John right now, yeah. and the story continues on day to day. Um, so is that, um, how did that all come about? Is that a, a matter of, of experimentation? Uh, did mm. you know right away this is the kind of the way you wanted to make it happen? Yeah, well, I started the morning mindset for two reasons. Uh, in my pastoral experience, I knew that people struggle with consistency when it comes to reading the scripture, praying, understanding their Bibles. And, and part of that's because it's so intimidating. You know, it's this ancient book. I don't, it, it depends on what version you have, but if you got the King James and it's got the these and thous in it, you know, that's confusing even to me today. So, you know, it, people just had a hard time being consistent for various reasons. Secondly, I knew from my own life that getting my mind aligned with God's truth first thing in my day, whatever time of day that is, is vital. Because if I'm not thinking God's thoughts as I go into the day, you know what I'm going to be thinking. I'm going to be thinking my thoughts. I'm going to be thinking selfishly. I'm going to be thinking in, in ways the world programs me to think. And so I just felt like it was vital to produce some kind of resource that could address those two issues. And I decided on six minutes because I figured anybody can devote six minutes to, you know, getting into God's word at the beginning of their day, whether they're driving in their car or on the treadmill or putting on their makeup or whatever, anybody can do that. And secondly, regarding going through the scriptures the way that I do, that's just how I teach. That's how I learn the scripture best is to just follow along with the train of thought and argument that the original author had when he put it on paper. And, and it just makes sense to me to do it that way. And I think people learn better that way too, because it's all in context and you don't have the, the risk of yanking a verse out of context and making it say something it doesn't say. So uh, that's just my style. That's what I love to teach uh, or how I love to teach rather. And so that's what I put together. And I've, you know, I've made tweaks as I've gone along to where certain things fall in the element in the episodes and and why i do it the way i do and, and it's all just learning by experience I, I i applaud your ability to be human and to be personable and so that really makes a difference too it's like you're um this is a real person telling me this real story and it's about stuff that is like you say a little confusing so he's making sense out of all of that hmm. so i think it all works well together and probably why you get a hundred thousand downloads a day or whatever so right yeah. um so how long have you been doing uh morning mindset well i started january 1st 2018 and i had been doing podcast consulting and services long enough to understand some strategic things number one was the audience i'm looking to attract typically will make resolutions at the beginning of the year about their spiritual life in some way. So I thought, okay, I want to have this launch when people are looking for it the most. Uh, secondly, I wanted it to be short, like I said, so anybody could consume it. And then I just wanted to make sure it was, uh, it was done in a way that made sense to people. And so all of those things kind of conspired together so that on day one, I think by the end of the day, we had maybe 90 people who had downloaded it. By the end of the first month, 
we had five to 600 people who had listened, who were listening every day. And it just kept going up from there. And it, it just blew me away how this thing grew over time. God's math, huh? God's yeah, math. Yeah, God's <laughs> math. Exactly. That is so cool. Was it, what do you suppose your, do you have any research or any knowledge or just a gut feel, uh, who, the, who your audience is? Age you know, I, um, yeah, I don't know demographics, but I do get a lot of people who send me emails and, and ask me questions and things like that. And so it seems like uh, the average age is probably 30 to 50, somewhere in there. And most of them are people who either have been in church for a while or um, have been in church their whole life, you know, and I'm I'm totally happy when there's someone brand new to the faith who listens. I've, I get a lot of emails, people saying I, I came to Christ because of the morning mindset, or I, I'm, I'm refreshing my faith because of the morning mindset. And I love that. That's what keeps me going. The amazing work of a gentleman by the name of Kerry Green here on Amazing Greats. He's the author of The Morning Mindset and is our guest and tells his story. I did a lot of stalking of you prior to the uh, <laughs> prior to this event today. And one of one of the things online that just kind of amazed me was a video that I saw where you were explaining uh your prayer uh tracking system. Oh yeah. Where you use an outside third source called Notion, I think it was, an mm -hmm. interval timer. But it is so intricate and so uh, able, so able to. Um, I knew right away that you were a fastidious kind of guy because yeah. nobody does this. But yeah. you have filters yeah. that you can filter out what kind of prayer, where it's. <laughs> Tell me about that and 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 all the things that it can do. Yeah, well, that system came about after 25, 30 years of struggling to pray consistently. And I just, I just worked at identifying what are the barriers? What are the things that are making it so hard for me? Uh, number one was I had no system. I mean, I would, I would put things in a long list and try and pray through the list. And it was like, you know, I, I, I wear out because I can't get through the whole list every time I sit down to pray. So what do I do with that? And so I had to figure out a way to, to do some of them some days, some of them another day, some of them another day and, and, and figure that out. Well, Notion came into my life about, two years ago, I've been using it for the business for a long time. And so it just kind of dawned on me one day, you know, with all the power of this software to filter things and set up databases in ways that are more, more usable for this than that. Uh, I think I can use this for the prayer system. So I started experimenting and, and I tell you, it wasn't easy to figure out all the things I did, but now I've got it to where I can, I can go into it. I've got a little timer on my phone that I just decided three minutes for every request. I'm going to have like a 15 second or 20 second pause between each request. So I can just kind of calm down and, and clear my mind, get ready to pray for the next thing. And it's, you know, it's like an exercise timer it has beeps to tell me, okay, it's about time to pray and all that. And it's, it feels really artificial, but it helps me be consistent, which is what I care about. Yeah. Well, it's so amazing. And, and you, there's even a section for answered prayers. Yeah. So they, I guess, kind of get discarded from the prayer list and then, but you yeah. can archive them so you can go back and say, look at all this stuff that has been answered by God. Yeah. Right? And I've been doing this for less than a year. So I, I haven't even hit the end of a calendar year yet, but my plan is at the end of a calendar year, I'm going to go to the answer tab. I'm going to look at everything that was answered during that year. And man, you think you're going to have some things to rejoice about. Uh, that's that's going to be a fun day. Yeah. Is that something you're thinking about commercializing the whole prayer system idea or not? Really? I mean, I, I, I could, 
um, Notion has a way you can set up templates that you can sell and that kind of thing. I, I just don't know because I don't know how many people are going to use a system like I created. Like you said, it's kind of complicated and I, I don't feel it's complicated anymore because I've learned it, but um, yeah. I don't know if most people would, would go to that length. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I loved about what you said a little earlier in the conversation, because I kind of feel the same way. And I guess I always relate to a, a guest who has similar views. And one of your views is that you're, you, you, it's easier for you uh, to write down a prayer than just to verbalize it. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with me. I find that I'm much more, it feels like it's coming from God, for one thing. As I'm writing, it's yeah. like this is a, 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 a divine inspired prayer uh, that then I can consist, I then I can go back to it tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, and go back to it, you know, three weeks from now and um, recognize the value of that prayer and, and, and the content of that prayer. And some mm -hmm. of those things, some of those prayers end up being. And I, I use a thing called uh, My Wonderful Day, mm. and it's, it's a journal, um, online journal thing. And so every day I put in my prayer, and then I can go mm. back all last week or whatever. And um, I love that. And I don't know, I think probably some people, it's just they'd rather just come off the top of their head and verbalize it. And that's mm. great, but that doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem to come natural for me. It, yeah. It's much easier to write it down. Yeah, for me, my problem is if I'm, if I'm sitting in a room quiet in the morning, trying to work out a prayer in my head, my mind wanders. I, I just get off on what I'm going to do in the business that day or what someone said to me yesterday, and, and I can't stay focused. But when I write, I have to stay focused on what's going on to that page, and it, and it just helps me. Um, there's a guy named Dawson Trotman. He's the guy who started the Navigators, if you've ever heard of that ministry. Um, one of his famous quips is that thoughts disentangle themselves when they flow from the lips or the fingertips. And that just really resonated with mm. me because as I write things out, I think better. And mm -hmm. so, so that's how the prayer journal started for me. Yeah. Uh, there's days when I go back and look at something, I said, wow, did I, did I write that? That's yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So along the way, um, you've had a long, long faith journey, a, a great Christian journey. Uh, there must've been spots where, you know, maybe a, a one or two of them you can highlight where it was so clear that you were getting the voice of God, whether it was actually his audible voice or whatever, that was inspiring and pivotal maybe in your life journey. Yeah. Well, one of them happened just last week. I can, oh. I can let you in on this now. Um, my wife and I for about 12 years now have been living, you know, dependent on this business and all this sort of stuff. It's been great. We've loved it for, for a three-year season. We sold our home, bought an RV and traveled. So, I mean, we've had some great experiences. But uh, in the last, I don't know, three months, I've been really just feeling this, this restlessness to, to preach God's word more, to, to be doing that. And the only place I know to do that is in a church. I mean, of course, I could do it online, but it's different. You know, you don't have that relational component that's connected to you in that, in that regard. And so I've been praying about it and I've just been thinking, yeah, I really don't want to go back into pastoral ministry. I don't think I'm called to that. Well, just through prayer and some, some circumstances that have arisen in the last month, um, it, this last week, it all just kind of came to a point and, and I am more confident I've ever been Rick that I'm supposed to step back into pastoral ministry and I'm supposed to begin uh, searching for a church that's out there praying for me specifically. I mean, they don't know my name, but they're praying for me. 
to come and I'm praying that I can find them. And uh, there's a place that's appointed for me to go. And, and I'm excited to find out what that is because I feel like with the years under my belt and the experience I've had with the morning mindset and the technology involved, I have some pretty unique things to offer a good church. And I feel like uh, it, it should be my most fruitful time of yeah. ministry in my life. Oh, that's outstanding. And we got the, we got the tip right here on amazing yeah. greats. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got the, the first uh, public uh, acknowledgement of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, I, 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 I wish you uh, blessings in all that is going to happen for you there. That's fantastic. Thank so you. will you continue your podcast uh, uh, business on the side as a kind of a, uh, a, a secondary business or what do you suppose? Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I know I'll continue the morning mindset. That's, that's just something I, I it's part of me now. I can't quit doing that and neither would I want to, um, the podcast business, uh, my oldest son who this year turns 36, uh, is, or no, I'm sorry, 32 is, uh, working with me in the business. He has since almost the very beginning and, we're talking about switching roles. Uh, he's kind of a, a vested partner who doesn't do much in the business now. He, he oversees a few things, but not much. And then uh, I run the business. He's, he's talking about taking on the business himself. And so I would then become the vested partner and just you know, take some income from the business, but not run things. That sounds really wonderful to me, just because if I'm going to be going into a full-time ministry role, uh, I'd much prefer for him to get the the extra pay and the experience running the business. Absolutely. And morning mindset would probably continue on as you do yeah. it today. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh the one the one great thing as a podcaster that makes um it makes it great for you is that you do a daily devotional, but you don't have to sit down and do it daily. You sit That's down right. I, as I understand it, you do a, the week in advance. And um so you're and once once you've got them recorded you know, they just roll out, which is wonderful yeah. because a lot of times when you try to do a daily podcast to try to come up with content every day is craziness. And it really takes a full-time job and a multiple person staff to really do it. Yeah. So we got the good, we got the good. Uh, now we want a little bit of the more challenging and that is in your long faith career, where along the way have you said, oh, where's God in this? <laughs> um, an unanswered prayer. How about that? Yeah. Well, there, there was uh, a couple of things that come to my mind right away. When my wife and I were first married, the son I just mentioned was a, a little one. He was probably eight months old. Um, I had been working part-time as a youth pastor, had, was finishing up my college, uh, began putting out resumes to find a youth pastor job. You know, that's, that's the track that you run on. And three different times got down to the wire. Me and one other guy were being considered for these positions. And all three times they picked the other guy. Um, very discouraging, very disappointing, not understanding, you know, Lord, why, what's going on here? All I want to do is, is serve in the church. You know, what, what's, what's wrong with this picture is how it felt. Well, then uh, the church that I was serving in part-time, uh, probably six months after all that, uh, came the, the, the student ministries pastor who I was under came to me. He said, I'm going to be resigning. I'm going to be pastoring a church up in the mountains. I think you should apply for this. And so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is what God was doing all along. I, I, this is much better. Thank you, Lord. And so I go through the process. It's down to me and one other guy. 
Oh. You, you can hear the story. They picked the other guy. <laughs> oh, and no. Rick, I was just so destroyed. I, I remember the night I got the call going, I told my wife what happened and we had a little girl by then as well. So there's two kids in the house. I remember going out, it was pitch black in Denver, Colorado, walking around my neighborhood, just crying and screaming and, and just oh, didn't oh. understand what was going on. And it was another three and a half years of working non-ministry related secular jobs before I got my first full-time position. And that whole process was one where I can see now in retrospect, God was teaching me patience. He was teaching me faith to trust him and him alone, not circumstances, not people, not happenstance, but to trust him. And, you know, the story of Abraham was really powerful for me at that time because Abraham's whole journey was one of having to learn how to wait on God. Yeah. And, and so that, that season is one of them. The other was related to my dad, who I mentioned, uh, I don't know to this day if he ever trusted in Christ. And so for my dad to pass away at 95 and not know if he knew the Lord or not, it's a hard thing to, yeah. to think through. And in the end, I feel like I have to respond like Abraham responded about the whole thing with Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. He said, uh, will not the Lord of all do what is right? And I just have to go go there relating to my dad won't my won't god do what's right relating to my dad i don't know what that is but okay. he'll do the right thing he'll yeah. he'll handle that and i don't need to worry about it i love that i love that i got a final question for you uh carrie uh do you have a a, a life verse something you consider a life verse from scripture you know the verses that have popped out to me is actually two verses that are one right after the other from Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. And it's really a reflection of where I feel the Lord has gifted me and put my heart in terms of the health of the church. And it is, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we might present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works within me. That verse reminds me again and again, where I'm supposed to get my strength, how I'm supposed to do what I do. And I, I just love it. It just resonates with me. Absolutely. That is fantastic. That is so good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. One of the things we always like to do is make sure people know in our audience how to, um, first of all, uh, support you in any way that we can. Uh, one of those ways for sure is just to to take a listen. And that is to the Morning Mindset podcast. It, it's It's just like it says, it's there every day. So tell us how we access that. Yeah, well, the easiest way is just to go to morningmindsetmedia.com. And there are, uh, there's kind of a gallery of the different podcasts that we do. And the very first one is the morning mindset. So you can click on that, go through to the page, and there's options for subscriptions and uh, supporting the show and contacting us, all kinds of options right there on the page. Excellent. Okay. And so like um, we did with Amazing Greats, we had an opportunity to sponsor, but I know there's sponsorships and there's just support revenue that people can uh, help with the with this mission. Uh, how do we go about doing that? Yeah, well, right there on the page, you'll see a button for uh, supporting the show or sponsoring the show. And we have different options. We have daily sponsor things, which is what you did, Rick, to support the, the show. And it's a $100 one-time donation. And we mention you on the show uh, that you're sponsoring. 
We have people who do that just because they love the show and want to support it. We have others who do it in memory of a loved one. And then we have ministry organizations like yours or podcasts like yours that want to get a little bit of exposure as well, who do that sort of a sponsorship. And then we have monthly partners who come along and do as little as $5 a month to support us in an ongoing way. And they actually receive an additional bonus podcast from me. That's a private feed if they uh, sign up for that one. And then just a little bit about the, the, the Friday prayer day. That's, that's a different format, but tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, every Friday I publish a second episode and it is a prayer episode. So people have submitted prayer requests throughout the week. And however many we get, that's how many we pray for on Friday. And so I just speak into this microphone and I record those prayer requests as I'm praying. And people join me praying for those things. So it could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour and 15 minutes. Just depends on how many we have. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and for doing what you do. Uh, it is just a, an inspiration to see your work. So thank you, Carrie. God bless you. And uh, we're going to publish this and, and hopefully we'll have more listeners to The Morning Mindset as well. We well, appreciate that, Rick. And I appreciate what you're doing as well. So I highly encourage you to check it out, The Morning Mindset with Carrie Green. And if you're a podcaster by chance and you need a little help to figure things out, uh, he's great at that too. So either way, go to his website and check it out. Thank you for watching Amazing Greats, by the way, or listening. Uh, it's always great to have you. God bless you and uh, have a great week.